and welcome back to the Christian Nerd of Godcast. My name is Scott Higai. I'm the Christian Nerd, and along with me, as always, in this wonderful crossover adventure of nerdy, Jesus-y goodness, is my best internet friend and yours, the Tony T. What's up, Tony? Scott, by God, Higa, I am honored and delighted to be back at this cross-coastal Christian co-op of craziness and Dang it, ran out of steam there. Crap. Dang it. I ran out Crazy of crap. words Crazy and alliteration. Uh, it's been a long time. I, tried, I realized man. we haven't done this for like three and a half months. Which That's right. And the people have been demanding it. They they have. And the sad part is we haven't talked to each other for three and a half months because we only talk when no. we're recording. So Total I've, lockdown. I have no idea what's happening in your life. You, For all you know, Josiah is still only two weeks old. It's It's amazing. Which one was Josiah again? He was the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one you parade around like Captain Marvel all the time? Oh, my gosh. My daughter. She's adorable. We <laughs> went to Target. I have, so I have people. There's people in Orlando. This is no joke. There are people in Orlando that don't even listen to our shows that follow you on social media now just to see pictures oh, of your no, kids. Oh, no. I know. I've, I'm in contact with your friend, Sonny. And she is constantly. She, <laughs> she friended me on Facebook. And she sent me a message saying, you don't know who I am, but I'm friends with Steven and Tony. And Steven always shows me pictures of your kids. So I am I want to be your Facebook friend so I can see your kids. And I've heard you talk about accurate. her. So I know who she is. But So now in Facebook Messenger, I'll just send her random pictures of my children to make her happy. Mm. And she she yeah. promised me that she will babysit my children whenever I come to Florida. There you go. She's good to go. And I figure she so, yeah, what knows else you, so you'll 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 keep her. You know, she's probably not a creeper. I mean, I assume. Well, I can't I don't promise anything. Okay, no. that's true. No guarantees for anybody. I, I don't even I don't even vouch for, for myself, much less anybody else. <laughs> but that's not true. But you have you have you have misled your friends uh and ours because we, we do keep in contact all the time. We text each other regularly. We do and, uh, just call and encourage each other. We, we talk have a, to a each healthy other. and thriving friendship i know which will make the inevitable turn to one of us catfishing each other that more heartbreaking <laughs> sudden but inevitable betrayal <laughs> ah. speaking of sudden but inevitable trails <laughs> i bought firefly for five dollars on itunes and that was a great purchase the the best pound for pound purchase you've ever made in your life okay so i don't we'll, we'll, we have a thing to get to but we'll just jump off script to start with so we haven't talked about sure, disney plus very much i've Talked about it a mm -hmm. lot on my show. Mostly the fact that those fools didn't let me sign into my account for about two weeks. And I those was very fools. those fools. I was very upset with them. So in the what three weeks since Disney Plus has been out, I've watched way more Star Wars than I ever have in like the previous three years. Because it's so much easier to open Disney Plus and stream a new hope than it is to mm -hmm. stand up, get the disc put it in my boule prayer, sit through all the previews, and then go. It's just... I agree. Streaming makes life so much easier. And things that I want to watch, but, I'm but much more inclined to watch them. But I get angry sometimes, and, and, and I'm a Star Wars guy. I mean, I like it. I love it. I'm a fan. But sometimes I just have to draw the line in the sand because Star Wars had this really 
ugly habit of every couple years re-releasing a different version or on a different format. So you'd get the Star Wars, then you get Star Wars Special Edition, then you get the Th- Star Wars like Special Super Special Extra Shiny Edition, and then they'd come out with new casing, and next thing you know, it's on DVD, on Blu-ray. So when it came around to, to being on digital, I just couldn't bring myself to buy it in another format. So having it on Disney Plus streamable, to me, is is a benefit that I would have never paid for. Oh, yeah, no, outright. I wasn't going to pay $90 to have six movies that I already own right. numerous times over. But being able to stream them numerous, numerous times. I, I remember sitting down and I thought, you know what? I want to watch the end of episode one because it's great. From the time the doors open and Darth Maul standing there, that is wonderful. Other than Anakin flying through in space, that I can take, I could leave that. But I just wanted to watch so it. So I'm, it I'm rewatching. I'm rewatching all the Star Wars movies with um, with Lise Mati from our show because she has never uh, watched them all the way through. She'd seen the new ones. She'd seen the Force Awakens one, mm-hmm. but she'd never seen the originals. So in anticipation of watching The Rise of Skywalker, we've gone back and watched all of them. So we watched episode four and we watched episode five. Now, the conundrum was, do we watch episode six? which then has the spoiler of Hayden Christensen being at the end. Uh-huh. Uh, or do we go back and do kind of like the, I think it's the Hammer version where you yeah. do episode four or five, then one, one two, two, three. three. So you, so, yeah. So I, I figured out the re- best way to do it. I have the original theatrical version on DVD. So we watched special edition four and five, theatrical six, so that it would not be him at the end. It would still be uh, George, uh, Sebastian, Sebastian Shaw. Yeah. Sebastian Shaw at the end no. as Anakin. David, and now we went yeah. back. Never mind. No, Sebastian yeah. Shaw. Sebastian Shaw is the maskless Anakin. Sebastian Stan. Dave, He's the Winter Soldier. That's who it was. Yes. Yeah, Sebastian Stan is the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Sebastian Shaw is Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> David Prowse is the body of Anakin yes, Skywalker. And Peter Mayhew is the voice occasionally. <laughs> that's right. But uh, so we went back and we, watched, we just watched episode one. After watching episode one, it's worse than I remember it being, but Anakin Skywalker is probably the least annoying part of that movie. Yeah, we were texting about this. That's a bold statement. I've decided it's a bold there's statement, lots of stuff I like in episode one. There's lots of stuff I don't like, but Jake Lloyd's fine. His friends are worse. That's what I told you. The kid who says that's so wizard and the little Rodian who Kitster giggles. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the little Rodian who yeah. giggles. That guy's horrible. He's the worst yeah. part of that movie. No, there's there's some pretty awful parts of that movie, uh, but Jake Lloyd, except for he has some bad lines of dialogue, like a little unnecessary woohoos, yeah. and uh, the, now that's what I call pod racing. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He didn't write that line. I mean, he had to say it. George Lucas said, "Um, can you say this line of dialogue and just get really <laughs> exciting?" But it wasn't his fault. Jar Jar Binks is an abomination. Yeah, Jar- and all the, all uh, the Gungans are just so bad. Boss Nass is ridiculous. I can't believe that Boss Nass is also Gimli and Sala and Treebeard. Really? It's John Reese Davis. I think Davis? it is. Is it? I'm pretty sure. Well, I'm gonna go, I'm let's going to go I'm, to the IMDb, IMDb right now as we talk. Yeah. So all that to say, I've enjoyed Disney Plus and being able to stream Star Wars movies because I watched A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back when I hadn't watched those movies for a couple of years, just because it was so easy to start them. Then whenever I stop them, just pick them up again. So I've really enjoyed that aspect of Disney+. And I'm trying to... I started watching The Clone Wars to work my way through that. But that is a hefty endeavor because there are so many episodes. And they're out of order. So you have to to follow the order that they have online. 
because for some reason, much like Firefly, they released them out of production, out of chronological order, because some were ready to go and others weren't. I stand corrected. John Reese Davies was not oh. Boss Nass. Brian Blessed was Boss Nast. He was Vulcan from uh, Flash Gordon. Flash my Gordon life, approaching. I've, I've always Flash. gotten him, got, gotten him confused with John Reese Davies. Yeah, he, he he saved every one of us. Yeah. Well, in our next episode in two weeks, when we do this again, hopefully, we'll have a large Star Wars episode to get us prepped for the Rise of Skywalker. So yeah. that's a little preview into our thoughts on Star Wars. Basically, uh, we should I, just let me tell you, I've been. Go ahead. I've been watching Rebels, and I can't wait to give a full report on Rebels. I'll have to go. I'll just take my headphones out, and then you can talk. And when you, like, pause, I'll go, uh-huh, yeah. And then when it's over, <laughs> then I'll put my headphone back in because I, I haven't watched a, any a part non, of Rebels. A non-spoilery report of Rebels. How's that? Okay. That's good. All right. Anyway, so, so we right just did have – we, we just had Thanksgiving a couple days ago here in the United States of America. On the last yeah. Thursday in October, the way God intended, the fourth Thursday in October, the way God intended, not some weird random Monday or Tuesday in Canada. Ridiculous. Who knows? How was your Thanksgiving, Tony? It was magnificent, Scott. Uh, you know, my family was gone. They all went to South Carolina for some expedition. All I mean, everybody left. Even my son went with them. So oh. we were here, just, just in you Florida, and your wife? kind of by our lonesome. Just me and my wife. So we uh, we had kind of a friendsgiving. We had a, a couple from our small group came over to eat with us, and so did Steve-O from the Nerdy Godcast and uh, his girlfriend Brittany. Uh, they came to have a little dinner with us. Yeah, they they hold hands a lot. They're in that period of their relationship, so it's kind of annoying. It's like you guys are right next to each other. You don't have to like. Okay, all right. <laughs> so weird. They're sweet. I know. Then you get jaded and you're like, whatever. I'll talk to you later. I'm going to bed. Yeah. Well, that's uh, nice. Well, somebody told me they said the the evolution of relationships goes from the all uh, you know uh, you hang up first. No, you hang up. You know, to pooping with the door open. Yeah, that is what you get to. <laughs> That's what. What do you got? What do you got going on there? All right. Yeah, but uh, no, we had a good. We had a good time. Good dinner, uh, and then afterwards, uh, we went Black Friday shopping, which now is nice daylight Thursday afternoon Thanksgiving shopping. It's so weird. I've never done. I've never. Five. Yeah, I've never gone Black Friday shopping. It'd be hard because we've got family stuff all day. Because we do stuff with my mm. family, kind of in the early afternoon. Then we go to Alicia's mom's after in the like evening so we don't get home till 8 30 from just eating all day long and at that point i don't want to go outside and buy anything <laughs> so i've never been black <laughs> it's Friday a lot of shopping. fun man no it's fun it's a great time you go out and you see all the people and you get the the things that you are going to end up in the next year's yard sales you know it's good to, good stuff if i ever spend thanksgiving in florida with you tony i'll be more than happy to go black friday shopping Though. We do it right, man. We do it right. We go hard. But uh, it, it, it's not bad. With the advent, over the past few years, people have become way more comfortable buying things online. So the crowds are not like they once were. It's not like people fighting. and. I mean, I've seen people get trampled before trying to get laptops. And now it's really not as dramatic as you would think. Those stories are, are few and far between now. Do you try to start a riot like Dwight did when they opened the Saber store? Just try pushing people around <laughs> Stop just, pushing. To bring, just to bring some excitement to your Black Friday experience? 
No, I'm the one who uh, I play the other role where I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm trying to be a good boy. I always get in trouble around bloggers. <laughs> oh, Kathy. I should have done Dwight's part. That would have been better. Did you welcome make to, any Black Friday? Welcome Fr- to Saber. Welcome did you home. Make any Black Friday purchases, Tony? I did. I did. I, I didn't get a whole, whole lot, um, but. I, I did buy. I usually go and empty out Best Buy of their good movies that are inexpensive, and I get a couple cheap video games. So uh, I got Resident Evil Two for PlayStation. I got Crash Team Racing, uh, Civilization Six, and uh, a new game called The Outer Worlds. I've which heard looks about really that. Really fun. Yeah, let it's basically know. like Fallout in space. Yeah, let me know how that is. I've heard. Yeah, I've heard people compare it to Skyrim in space, basically. And I love Skyrim, yeah, and, and I love space. Skyrim, Skyrim and Fallout are the same game, just different. Yeah. You know genre so let me know so i'm gonna check it out yeah i mean i won't ever get it or play it because i don't have time but just (laughs) let me know and i'll i'll continue to live vicariously through you in so many different ways you're like you and video games it's like someone on keto looking through the window of a bakery exactly it's like i want it but i can't have it well we Mm. got well the hard part so we got a tv set up in our bedroom people say you shouldn't do that but we were given a nice 40 inch 1080p tv i'm like sweet so wait why do people say you shouldn't do that well i've been told by my some of my friends like the bedroom's only for two things when you're married okay yeah gotcha 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 so but i thought yeah but sometimes say, I don't, say no more sometimes i don't wink, get to wink. watch sometimes i don't get to watch the things that i want to watch because you know clara's downstairs and if i had the and yeah so on the day after Thanksgiving, I was doing some laundry, and so I just sat in my bedroom and folded laundry and watched The Clone Wars. So I sat at my Xbox One right. in our bedroom because our old Apple TV can't run Disney+. Plus. And so now I'm just looking at my Xbox One and it is mocking me, saying, play me, play me. I have video games. I'm full of so many hours of fun and entertainment. I'm like, leave me alone. I just want to be a good dad and husband and employee, and that means I can't hang out with you. <laughs> my responsibility says I can't hang out with you, Rexbox One. Oh my goodness you <laughs> you you should you know if you can just get a little bit of gaming in there, you don't have to go go nuts. Are you a compulsive that, that, gamer? That, like if you start playing, yeah, that's the problem. It's I once I I don't because I can't just play for a half hour. It's like taking a nap. I can't just take a twenty minute nap. I commit to a two hour nap every time I take a nap. Hmm. I can't just play video games for a half hour. I need to commit to at least three. And it's just, it's hard to do. So here's what you do. You get yourself your Xbox and you plug it into one of those little like uh, smart plug things. Uh-huh. And you just set a timer on it for like 45 minutes. And then at 45 minutes, it's going to power you off no matter what. You can't you can't help it. Yeah. Then it wouldn't save my game and just I'll be say. angry. Then I'll, then, I'll, then, I'll, <laughs> then I'll jump from uh, gluttony to cursing. I'll just sw- switch my sins. We've gone, we've gone to anger. We are at anger. <laughs> yeah. I well, I'm glad it. you had a good Thanksgiving. No. Yeah, man. What about you? You guys just did all your family just stuff. Just all kids the family, stuff. all the food. There was a pie mishap to where I didn't eat any pie at any of my locations, but I made up for it by getting a whole pecan pie from my sister, which I have been enjoying nice. heartily. So, in, in California, do you have regular Thanksgiving like the rest of the Americas do, or like do you guys do something weird like bean sprouts and such? Nah, I'm sure. I'm sure some people do weird things, but no, we had turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy, candied yams. Nice. I mean, we had Brussels sprouts at both of our meals. I don't mm. know if that's a weird thing or not, but yeah, all the, all the normal stuff. Steven tried to bring Brussels sprouts to our Thanksgiving. I told him if he brought the sprouts, then I'm kicking him out. Nice. 
I like Brussels sprouts. Yeah. They're like tiny little cabbages. Not a f- yeah, that's why I don't like them. Exact the, re- <laughs> the exact reason I don't like them. Well, my brother-in-law made some, and you might like these. He basically started with two pounds of bacon, fried that up, <laughs> then put all the Brussels sprouts and fried them in the bacon grease, and then added the bacon to them. So it's basically bacon with some Brussels sprouts mixed in. At that point, why Brussels sprouts? I mean, just skip the whole thing, and then you're, you're healthier. Just eat bacon. Oh, yeah, just, just don't bacon. eat anything. Okay, that's... Oh, no, either way. Yeah, we did the turkey. We did all the things like that. Yeah, and, you have uh, southern stuff kind of brought, like collard greens or mac and cheese or things like that. They try to. That's what. That's what we did have mac and cheese. But that's what my family in, in North Carolina. They eat, listen. They eat crazy stuff. So they went up to. It's right on the border, of North and South Carolina, and they'll eat stuff like collard greens and black eyed peas. They do this uh, giblet gravy. You know what giblet gravy is? I, I you take all the stuff that's in that plastic bag, and instead of putting mm-hmm. it in the trash, you put it in a pot. Which it's supposed to go in the trash. Yeah, it's, it it's is. basically turkey gut, turkey guts. Yeah, and yeah, that's gross. Uh, it's basically turkey guts and boiled eggs, and they put it in a gravy. And it, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's awful. Um, they, and then they like something called fat back, uh, which I'm not a fat back guy. It's um, it's the part of the pork that was too gross to be made into bacon. So it's just shreds of pig fat that's fried, and it's. So you eat bad. It? It's so bad. Yeah, you try to. I, I don't eat that crap. It makes me think of Wesley Snipes from 30 Rock when he said, yeah, bread back. And it's where your bread, your bat, your back fat sticks out between your bra like a bread. <laughs> and the Muslim says, <laughs> like, a mu- like a muffin <laughs> yeah, top. Yeah, my muffin top is all that. I'm glad I can use 30 Rock references on you because I feel like they're wasted on everybody but you and my wife. Oh, I get it, man. Uh, every day's a werewolf bar mitzvah for me. <laughs> That's the best Halloween song ever. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So let us know how your Thanksgiving was out there. We would love to know. If you got any good Black Friday deals, show those off so we can marvel at them and celebrate with you. And now let's move on. Well, we were going to move on. Well, mostly we'll have an explanation of our classic comic. <laughs> and now let's move on to the thing that we're moving past. Yeah, we're moving on from classic comic conversation. Classic Comic Conversation. Three and a half months ago, Tony and I had grand schemes of recording an episode three months ago. And that never happened because life happens and we get busy and I had a bunch of babies. Well, just one baby. And <laughs> you had a bunch of babies. I had a bunch of babies. <laughs> just over and over again. Out there sowing my seed. No, it's not. like one of those old movies where they were like to be continued or the end question mark yeah. and then they never made a part two. Yeah. So I'm looking at you, Amazing Spider Man two. <laughs> I'm so happy that stopped. Masters of the Universe. <sighs> anyway, so we said three and a half months ago that we would read Star Wars number one through twelve and that we would talk about them in our next episode. And I'm sure you all forgot, and I didn't forget, but I also didn't read the comics because I just didn't. So we are going to fire that up again. Did you read them, well, Tony? Can I, can, I actually did. Yeah, I'm just. I mean, overachiever that I am, I I did read them in anticipation of our conversation. But well, you can hold that I mean, anticipation for another two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hold on to it. I've been holding it since uh, August. So well, why man, not? catch up, do a little refresh. I, I was I was reading them before we started <laughs> recording because as so I was 
putting some show notes together, and I was going to say, hey, if you want to, if you're interested in reading them, get the what are they called? Trade paperbacks of the yeah. There's a trade paperback or the first six issues, and another one of the second six issues, which are the ones we're going to talk about. Or you can get it on Marvel Unlimited, or it's on Marvel Unlimited. It is also available or, for three for free through Amazon Prime. So go to the link in the show notes. I'll have show notes. Will you have show notes on your show, on your version of this, Tony? (laughs) (laughs) My fans don't read. (laughs) Uh, So search Star Wars number one through six, or I think it's called Star Wars. Here, there's a specific title for it. It's Star Wars Skywalker Strikes. uh, Skywalker, yeah. Yeah, Skywalker Strikes, Star Wars Volume 1, and Star Wars Volume 2 is titled Showdown on the Smuggler's Moon. Just search for those on Amazon, and then... If you have Prime, you can just add them to your Kindle account, and then on your phone or your iPad or on your Kindle app on your computer, you can just read it right there. And I was doing it on my phone, and it looks great, and it's the entire comic, and I read the first couple pages. I read right right when Darth Vader shows up. That's when you started calling me, and I was startled. I don't know why I was startled. (laughs) I was expecting a (laughs) Skype call, but then it started to ring, and I freaked out. Look at what's happening. Oh, it's just Tony calling me from Florida. They're definitely worth reading. Like they, they feel in their pacing and in the way that they're written, they feel like you're watching the movie. I think they, they've gotten as close to capturing the sense of the original crew, the original cast of Star Wars, as any other medium has, and it's it's really worth a read. Yeah, and so this vol, their first volume just wrapped up, I think, with issue number seventy-five. I think this month or last month. And so that volume's done. And then volume two is going to start. So this volume takes place in between A New Hope and An Empire Strikes Back. And I think the next volume is going to take place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And it really sets up it sets up Empire Strikes Back. I yeah. mean, there's parts of it that, that were like, why is Vader, ha- why does he have such a mad on to find Luke in Empire? Yeah. Like, they don't really explain that in the mm-hmm. movies. The comic books do explain it. And yeah. thankfully, to Disney, Marvel coming together, it is a, uh, it's canon. Yeah. I mean, so you're, when you're reading it, it's not just throwaway misadventures on the side. You'll, you'll find no such Mara Jade shenanigans here. Hey, Mara Jade's cool. Mara Jade's cool, but so she's is, also so is so is our, our what's it what's the droid's name we were talking about? We were texting about R five, R yeah R R R five D four yeah, and he uh, he blew his circuit intentionally so that R two D two could continue his mission. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Star Wars Legends stuff so, is stupid, but Great Animal Thrawn isn't Rebels. Has he shown up yet? With where you're at? Not not not. Oh, spoiler alert! No. No, oh, I'm do, sorry. Do was I need to take my headphones out? Didn't you know? You knew. I did. I mean, he's on. He's on. He's on the cover art yeah, on Disney Plus. So I know. Art. I know he's you coming. You know he's in there. <laughs> Spoiler. Have you watched any more trailers for Rise I of Skywalker? Up, I only watched the first one. I no, I have not. I've oh, been. Sweet. I've been avoiding him like the plague. I did pick up though for on Black Friday. The all books at Target were buy two get one free. So I picked up the uh, the Star Wars book that is kind of the story of the Black Spire outpost from Galaxy's Edge. Huh. Uh, I heard it's really good and it adds a lot to the mythology. If you read the book, you'll appreciate that area of Disney a lot more. So I am going to be reading the book. It was a gift to myself. Thank you. Well, maybe I'll read that because, spoilers, it looks like January of 2021, Tony, we might get to meet face-to-face under a Florida sun. And January 2021? Well, remember, a couple, you know... About a year ago, I predicted that I may not be able to come out for a conference because I might have a baby, and that totally happened. Mm-hmm. 
So I like to play so my far, life out. You are one for one on your uh, your year out predictions. So I'm just saying. So, I'm, so we might be working on a trip to Disney World in January of 2021. All right. So cool. Don't, we will uh, don't leave the light move. on for you. Don't move. <laughs> Not likely. I guess Not you likely. could move, All but right. mostly I told Jackie, Jackie, continue working for Disney World. You need to be working there in January 2021. I cannot afford to take my family there. So go ahead and get those <laughs> comics. You can read them on Amazon Prime or Marvel Unlimited, or there might be ways to read comics online on the internet, but I don't want to suggest just, any of those ways. Just go to a go to a Barnes & Noble, get yourself a cup of coffee, and just take it off the shelf and read it, and yeah. put it back when you're and done. Put it back. And what are they going to do? A bunch of nerds? Punch them in the face. That's not... I mean, people do that all the time with books. I don't feel like that's immoral or, or wrong. Yeah. Or go to your local library. Yeah, go to the Maybe library. Maybe they have them at the library. Yeah, they might. Yeah. Do you have a library card, Scott? Uh, my wife does. My wife is super into her library card because they have digital checkout. And so, mm-hmm. no joke, over Thanksgiving weekend, she had this book that was due at 3 o'clock p.m. on Saturday. And so, she had about 150 pages left. And so, she was just powering through. And she likes it because she can have it on her phone. So, when she's mm-hmm. nursing Josiah, she can just sit there and read whatever book she wants to check out from the library on her phone. She, she, she's really into it. Yeah, I think the library is great, man. I think uh, that reading is fun, demental. I, on the other hand, am an uncultured swine and don't read very often <laughs> because I always fall asleep when I'm reading. Like, no matter what. Really? No matter what time of day, no matter what I'm reading, I always fall asleep when I'm reading. And that's I enjoy just, reading, but I, it's just hard for me to do these days. Man, maybe you should read more. At midnight Eastern time, when you're texting me instead, you should start reading. You should and be just go asleep at midnight Eastern time when I'm texting I, you, Tony. I usually am, and then you text me, Scott. <laughs> yeah, just ignore me. Be like, "Hey, I'm sleeping. Leave me alone." I'm like, "All right, sorry, man." It's like there's two things in the bedroom. I'm doing one of them right now. Leave me alone. <laughs> the other one is texting Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Sheena. All right, so it's check those okay. out. And now we've got a bit of a Christmas list. For you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You just made the list. You just made the list. The list. All right, in the list, uh, Tony and I just pick a random thing to talk about. And basically, we just like talking about random things, but we need to provide some structure to our conversation. So it appears like we have some intention in our conversations, and that's what this is. So it is after Thanksgiving. It is now officially Christmas time, even though... Yeah, when you're in December, there's no more shame in your Christmas yeah, game. Even you though can Costco's play the music, had their... You can- Christmas stuff up since September. It's Christmas time. <laughs> it's, it's Christmas time. You turn you turn that Mariah Carey up, girl. You dance all you We're want. We're all decorated out. We bought a tree. We bought a new fake tree. We needed to like fill out the space because we have a larger living room now. We got it all decorated. We got the lights. We got the Christmas music. I'm bumping Wrapped in Red by Kelly Clarkson because it's the greatest album of all time. Sorry, the White Album or Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Band. It is so good. So I'm ready for Christmas. I love Christmas, so, Tony. So wait a second. If this is our kind of one chance to really talk, are we are we going to have another opportunity to talk about Christmas stuff? Because there's Christmas conversations I want to have that are not on the list today. Well, like, well, you because you're talking about Kelly Clarkson. I want to talk about like what's the what are the best Christmas albums of all time? 
wrapped in red and then everything else. <laughs> And then everything else. Yeah. All right. This is this is a conversation that we will table for now, but it's coming. Just you. Just have, so it, you know. have it. Have it on your show, and I'll call in, and it'll be a short, short, short appearance by me. It's like, hey, Scott yeah. Higgins, Christian hey, from Scott, California. What are the, what, what are the best, best Christmas album of all time? Uh, wrapped in red. Wrapped in red by Kelly Clarkson. Bye. I'll hear your response off the air. <laughs> long, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> I'll hear your response when I'm listening in a week. So uh, talk to you later. I'm gonna go eat some tacos because it's Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, very good. All right, we'll we'll, we'll make that happen. Put a pin make in that. that happen. So I thought because everyone always has lists of all their Christmas stuff. What's your favorite? Like, what's your favorite Christmas album? Great conversation. What's your favorite Christmas this or that? So and obviously people like talking about Christmas movies. And so I thought, oh, let's talk about our favorite Christmas movies. But then yeah. that usually devolves into an argument about whether or not Die Hard and Home Alone count as Christmas movies. They don't. They don't. Harry, You've never seen the Harry Potters, but they feel Christmassy because they always have a Christmas part in them. So, yeah, all those things. I don't want to have that conversation. What I do want to have, though, because I think you posted it. Last week on your Nerd of God Cats Twitter, asking what are three movies people are ashamed to admit that they've never seen. And people were sharing their right. responses. I mean, there were some Star Wars mixed in there. I think Ryan Felton from A City on Hill Gaming said he'd never seen The Princess Bride. Which... He, no, no, no. Hold on. Forget The Princess Bride. My dude never saw the third Lord of the Rings movie. How do you live having seen two of the three Lord of the Rings movies. How do you run a D&D podcast, Ryan? We love Without you. having Without seen, having the, third seen the, Lord the third Rings movie. Lord of the Rings movie. Ryan, come on. And it's a good one. And it's got all those trick it endings. It's great. It's like if you told me you'd never see the Hobbit trilogy, I'd give you a pass. I would give you a pass and probably feel a little jealous of you. But come on. <laughs> we watched those Return last year. We, we enjoyed them. They're not bad. No. Return of the King is Return of King, a, a, no. the yeah, Oscar winner. Yeah, it's great. Well, I mean, Peter Jackson won that Oscar for the overall achievement, not because I think Two Towers is my favorite of them all. Anyway, so we're not here talking about Lord of the Rings or what Ryan has or hasn't oh, I was watched. Like, are, are we doing this now? Because like, you better sit down because I'm about to throw down with no, you on Lord of the let's, Rings. Let's, let's leave ourselves alone. Are Lord so, of the Rings Christmas movies? I watched them at Christmas. Or I think I associated with them at Christmas because they came out in December. They always came out at Christmas. That's what I'm yeah. saying, I feel like. And Radagast is just, you know, autumn Santa Claus. <laughs> He's bird poop beard Santa Claus. <laughs> so instead of our favorite Christmas movies or least favorite Christmas movies, I wanted us to talk about the Christmas movies we've never seen that given that it's Christmas and December, we might actually try to watch this month. Yeah, and there's so many out there, it's impossible to have seen all of them. Uh, I mean, even those crazy people that start uh, putting on their Facebook pages in you know mid-October how they're excited about the Hallmark Christmas movies, even they need to cop to the fact that there's some Christmas films that yet remain untouched by their precious little virgin eyes. Yeah, and as I, much like our Lord and Savior's mother... Uh, much I was looking at my and like there's some there's some heavy hitters on my list that I've never seen, which I see yeah I've I've seen a lot of Christmas movies but I'm surprised at how many I was able to pull down that I haven't actually yeah. seen. So uh, number one not number one but just on my list is Christmas Vacation, Chevy Chase classic everybody likes it. I understand I I know the premise he's waiting to get his bonus and he gets like a cheese of the month club or something. And it's the Jelly of the Month Club, Clark. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Thank you, Tony. So I've never seen – have you seen Christmas Vacation, Tony? 
uh, so many. It's probably the Christmas movie I've seen more than any other Christmas oh, really? movie. Perhaps the Christmas movie I've seen more than every other Christmas movie combined. Wow. So and I've never seen it once. I'm a vacation fan, so like I'm I'm a fan of the original National Lampoon's Vacation. I'm a semi fan of the European Vacation. I'm I even dabble with the Vegas Vacation, but Christmas Vacation to me Enrico is Palazzo? Christmas movie Enrique perfection. Palazzo. What's his name on his fake ID? Enrique Palazzo. I think that's it. Mr. Papa Giorgio. Papa Giorgio. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and I, I I do not require corrective lenses, Scott Higa. <laughs> I like Chevy Chase. I think he. I mean, he's kind of a crotchety, angry old man now, but back then he was hilarious. So there's no reason other than I might not have been allowed to watch these movies when I was younger. And at some point you just sort of move on. And I, you know, I've seen like the lights and falling and, you know, turning his lights on and Julia Louise Dreyfus is blinded out in a room. Like I know all the like plot points and everything, but I just have never gotten around to it. yeah, there's enough Christmas sweaters that if you line up all the people with the ugly Christmas sweaters, it's basically a storyboard of the entire movie. <laughs> uh, it, it, all, every scene has become so iconic. The difficulty with Christmas Vacation is that, really, Clark W. Griswold is not a likable character. He's a goofball, mm-hmm. but he is a man of, I mean, he's just like this creepy, lusty, no moral standing mm-hmm. kind of guy who's just doing his best to make some things great. But boy, he, he, I don't know. He's, just, he's a very... Uh, he's just not a great guy. Like the whole time you see him like flirting with and hitting on other women. It's like, you know, Ellen is waiting for him at home, but it didn't matter. He'll still chase Christy Brinkley down the highway, but there's just something in this movie that sort of resonates with us. And uh, it's, it, to me, it's great. All right. What, what, what's a Christmas movie that you have never seen, but might try to get watch, might try to get around watching this Christmas, Tony. I haven't. Okay, I'll start with the easy ones. I haven't seen the new Grinch movie, the Benedict Cumberbatch Grinch. I've seen parts of it. That also made my list, the Grinch. Uh, I've started watching it with Clara because it's on Netflix. And then she, like, when we were decorating for Christmas, we put it on. You know, we had a little lull in decorating, and I just put it on for her. And so I've seen part, like, I've seen the first 10 minutes of it. And it seems like they try to do a little bit more with Cindy Lou's mom. And give her some backstory and some stuff. But the animation... You know, because every time I've watched The Grinch, I've always thought, but tell me more about Mrs. Who. <laughs> tell, me, tell me more about her motivation. So, yeah. It looks good. But, yeah, I've, I've, never, I've never seen it either. It just sort of came and went and felt like it didn't leave much of an impact, make much of an impact. And that... And that's the thing with a lot of these – here I am. It's going to be old men yelling at clouds. That's the <laughs> thing with all these modern Christmas movies. They're cranking them out, but not, they don't seem to be very timeless. Like the original Grinch animated is timeless to me. Yeah. And I think even the Jim Carrey Grinch kind of snuck in there and became something that – I mean that movie came out 20 years ago? 25? I mean it was a long time ago. That's, it, also, it's, it's one, that's also one I've never seen. And that what? Yeah, but but to me, I, having seen this newer Grinch movie, it just kind of seems like another by the numbers. Let's crank out some CG. It's you know cloudy with a, a chance of Grinchmas to me. It's just like another generic boss baby esque 
Um, you know, what, Boss Baby is pretty one. funny, actually. Boss Baby is funny, but it's it's not like iconic. It's not yeah. like like the first Shrek is timeless. The fourth Shrek was just, eh. and I think that we've kind of we, they've gotten into cranking these things out, and they just don't have the staying power anymore. Even Pixar movies, we love Pixar, and Pixar does a great job, but. Uh, I, I mean, remember how iconic Toy Story is and compare that with the law of diminishing returns of like Ratatouille or Brave. You're going, uh, OK, uh, the good dinosaur. Uh. I, yeah, I think. Well, we've watched we've watched Brave a lot. So that that gets I, I, iconic status in our house. Uh, how the Grinch Stole Christmas came out in 2000. So 19 years ago. Yeah, almost almost 20 years ago. Look at that. So I haven't seen The Grinch either. Uh, this one on my list is a little shocking, I think, even for me. Again, a lot of these I've seen pieces of them, but never the full sure. thing. And so it is a classic. Oh, and I get to hear your impersonation. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Um, if you want to know full full disclosure, um, I have seen enough of it that I've probably seen it. But um, I've never seen it. So I've never sat down and watched from beginning to end It's a Wonderful Life. But you do such a great Jimmy Stewart impression. Uh, well, well, my, my my Jimmy Stewart is is more pop, pop culture reference than a, than a, than a movie reference, uh, like he's eating Campbell's soup. That's that's really kind of what it's all about. But yeah, I've I've never sat down and watched that movie from beginning to end. I could tell you the entire story, yeah. but I don't know how much of that is from watching movies or from watching like Saturday Night Live uh, spoofs of it. Yeah, and I don't. At what point does he? Does George Bailey try to jump off the bridge? Like that's towards is that in the middle or is that the last act of the movie? I have no, no I idea. Think that's, that's towards the beginning. That's what sets off the whole part of the movie where he's seeing his life with you know Cl- Clarence. Uh, every time a bell rings, a teacher gets. I don't even know. I don't even know. I've j- I've never seen it in order. But it's really good, right? I assume it is. It's classic. People like it. And I, yeah, sure, I mean, you know, all I remember is the first episode of I think it was Batman the Animated Series. Robin made Batman watch it, so it's got to be something special, right? I guess. I mean, it's lasted this long. Yeah. And Jimmy Stewart's a good actor. Who is it? Donna Reed's in there. I, I, I remember. Love Donna Reed. I remember the scene when he's a kid and he he doesn't have hearing one ear, and she leans over the soda counter and whispers in his ear, "I love you, George Bailey," but he can't hear it. And yeah, I have no idea. I really want to watch that this year. Well, let's do that. Let's let's make a commitment. We'll watch it. And, let's find uh, and out we'll where we can it. stream it first before we really commit to this. <laughs> Is it's a wonderful life available for streaming? Because I don't know if I'm ready to commit three ninety nine to uh, this endeavor. It's a wonderful life streaming. Can Google? Oh, they can. Um, Thank you, Internet, man. for making all Thank things you. accessible. Looks like it's only available for rent. Mm. 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 Oh, Decider. That's a good website. Have you ever been to the Decider? Nope. Yeah. Ooh, it's not available for stream. We may just have to okay. uh, ignore it and talk about how we haven't watched it again next year. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. It looks like it is available. Oh, it is included with Prime. Yay! It's a Christmas miracle. Thanks, Amazon Prime. It's a December second miracle. Yep. Oh, sh- don't don't play right now. And it's only an hour and fifty one minutes. For some reason, I thought it was like four hours long. Maybe no, things just seem like they take like... longer in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. you <laughs> that's uh, you, you learned that from uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, Schindler's List, which had a runtime of seven minutes. 
<laughs> it just felt like it took two days to watch because it's so it was in black and white. All right, what else do you have on your list? Uh, yeah, I don't even know. Uh, okay, I had It's a Wonderful Life on my list okay, also. Okay, good. Okay, so this is one that is, uh, it's stupid, but I've never seen it. They have a whole show about it at Disney World, which apparently people like and I do not like. Uh, but maybe it's just because I wasn't familiar with the subject matter. So at, at nighttime at the Disney Hollywood Studios, they do this whole projection and light and fireworks and special effects show about Christmas. But it's all based around a movie called Prep and Landing, which what? I've never seen. I've never even heard of Do you know what that. Prep and Landing is? No. Yeah, I never heard of such. Is it a Disney Prep Channel Landing, original movie? Who the crap even knows? Uh, Prep and Landing are some CGI elves who have to help Santa Claus get his sled flying or some nonsense. Who even knows, man? It's it's Sarah Chalk and Dave Foley are the voices of uh, Canadians. the main characters. Indeed, it's, Canadians It's only 22 minutes. Not that I dislike Canadians. I feel like they have more of a right to Christmas than Americans do because it's, you know, closer to the North Pole. But... Anyway, prep and landing. Uh, I didn't it's even com- know it was 22 minutes. I thought it was a full it's movie. It's a computer animated, according to Wikipedia, it's a computer animated television special based upon an idea by Chris Williams at Walt Disney Animation Studios and developed it into a half-hour Christmas special. It first aired 10 years ago on December 8th. Well, there you go. Theme music composer Michael Giacchino. Well, he's great. He's great. So. I'll check it out. I mean, I don't have any beef with Dave Foley, and I like Sarah Chalk. She was my favorite of the Beckys. So, is it available on Disney Plus? Uh, Let's I'm, check ha- that out. <laughs> this is the, this is the research moment of the Prep show tonight. While Scott is checking Disney Plus, landing. Come on, no, show me it the is money. Not. It's just it letting me say I can watch so weird from 1998. That's not even the same thing. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. I've never seen it. All right, so uh, also on my list is A Christmas Carol, the creepy one with Jim Carrey. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. That, I did see it, and I think your assessment of it as being the creepy one with Jim Carrey is right on the money. It was okay. creepy, and it had Jim Carrey. <laughs> I do have somewhere in my DVD collection, I have a version of The Christmas Carol with Patrick Stewart. I don't know if it's yeah, the one-man oh, yeah. show that he did or just the one that was produced for TBS or something. I should watch that. I'm gonna That's, remove. That is I'm gonna the... remove the creepy Jim Carrey one and put in the Patrick Stewart version because I'm so ready for Picard in a month and a half. I just want to watch Patrick Stewart do stuff. So um, yeah, let me tell you why the the weird pa- Jim Carrey one is weird. It's beautifully done. It would be a great storybook, and it would be awesome if it was, I don't know, like 30, 40 minutes long. Like the like the, uh, the Ebenezer Scrooge, the uh, Uncle Scrooge Disney uh-huh. one, if, if Scrooge was a duck. Um, that was a great version of A Christmas Carol because it wasn't drawn out and over long. You mm-hmm. don't need to drag a very simple story out for two hours just because you can do pretty CG. And it just – it was so – indulgent and so over the top it, i just i didn't enjoy it just took away from the magic of it like a 70s rock band just over indulgent and don't really care i'm gonna play this 20 minute guitar solo <laughs> and you just wear it and deal with it all right yeah calm down there pete frampton and just uh get me back to, <laughs> to the ghost of christmas <laughs> present anything else yeah. on your list there uh, tony t hey, hey, 
of course, Scott Higa. I also have the uh, Santa Claus Three. Never got around to seeing that. Is that the Would one with uh, I like Jack the first Frost. two Santa Claus movies. Is that the one with Martin Short? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like Martin Short, so I've never seen it. I should, I should speaking, watch it. Oh, we. Um, I was about to say, speaking of living theatrically, but that was before we started recording. Martin Short lives him some theatrically. That guy. It, it seems like it would be exhausting to be around Martin Short. He seems like one of those guys that's always on. Yeah. Which I'm, I, you know, the whatever. But he's very funny. I like Martin Short. Yeah. And uh, finally, the last one that's on my list. Oh, did you have anything else on your list? I had Noel, the new one on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, what, Anna what's Kendrick. her name? Uh, Scott Scott Pilgrim's sister. Yeah. Yeah, Anna Kendrick. Also, Bill Hader though, and your favorite of mine, Billy Eichner's in it. So. Anna Kendrick seems like I had this conversation with Steven on Black Friday for some reason. Anna Kendrick seems like a kind of person that I don't think I would like. But then every time I see her or read something she wrote, she seems terribly clever and terribly funny. So maybe I, I think I do maybe like Anna Kendrick. a little. No, bit. that's that's what I, I find Anna Kendrick to be whimsical and gravitational. Like I'm drawn to her. And maybe like it's just the movies stuff. that she's in that that make me not want to watch it. Like I don't really want to see Pitch Perfect or anything like that. Like that's just not my jam. But when I see and read her stuff, I'm going, all right. I mean, Anna Kendrick seems like she's pretty cool. So I think the only I'll, movie I'll I've seen with Noelle. Anna Kendrick is Up in the Air, and that was a long time okay. ago. Because I've never seen any of the uh, Pitch Perfect movies. See Scott. Oh, I saw Scott Pilgrim. Never saw Scott Pilgrim. I did. I, I saw that. John Lee yeah. kept telling me it's his favorite movie. So eventually, I sat down one night and watched it. And I told John, John, I can see why this is your favorite movie, but I think I aged out of its target demographic about 10 years ago. <laughs> now, did you see Into the Woods? No, I have not seen Into the Woods. It was, it was all right. All right. It, was, it was a little, it, it went on a little long, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, so I think actually, a... number one on my list is Noel. I really want to watch that just because I'm a sucker for yeah. Christmas movies, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, for me, and it was the bad CG that turned me off. It came out in that time when CG oh, was being used say. to make full movies, but it wasn't being used well. And uh, But golly, I feel like I owe it to Tom Hanks because he's brought so much goodness into my life. I'm going to watch The Polar Express. Yeah, that is the that is the definition of the Uncanny Valley. They use that as a joke in 30 Rock. When they're talking about yeah. the uncanny valley, it's like this is see through for we like see through for right? Yeah, it's like and this is a real person. Yeah, and this is creepy Tom Hanks from the Polar Express and Tracy screams because it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's just something weird about it. And everybody that I've I've talked to that has watched it loves it and they really? think it's a classic. But I've never, never read the book. Yeah. I've never seen the movie. But last year for Christmas, my father in law bought Clara the like the legit toy train. Oh yeah, on the electrified, and so we put it, we put it up for our Christmas, and Claire is so excited, and it's an awesome toy that, like, it's got actual smoke that comes out of the smokestack. It is really, That's really, cool. really cool. But it's as Does much it come as I know a about Tom Hanks. Uh, I think you can get a little Tom Hanks, but it has his voice. There's buttons on the remote that you can push, and so there's the actual locomotive, which is heavy and awesomely built. Then the coal cart is a speaker, and so when you push a button on the remote, it has lines from the movies, and it's. Tom Hanks screaming, I'm the king of the North Pole. Is that a thing from the movie? I, 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 you tell me when you watch it there, buddy. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will report back and let you know. Because so, I don't think. Yeah, that was it for me. Polar Express. I think we should watch It's a Wonderful Life together, Tony. Like together together? Like 
you know, one, two, three, start the movie now? One, two, three, start the movie over the internet. We'll just sit there on the phone. Maybe we'll record it. Probably not for anybody's consumption but our own. <laughs> All right. So like a little Mystery Science Theater 3000 yeah, version of... But not because um... not, not it's better to make fun of it. Just to, you know, we've never actually watched a movie together because you live 3,000 miles away. It's true. Yeah. Makes it makes it hard to uh, get seats in the same theater. It does. So let us know what is on your list of the Christmas movies you've never seen that you might try watching this month. And, and let us know which of these movies on our list are the most urgent for us to yeah. see. Or be like, hey, guys, you know what? Just skip it. It's not that good. It'll haunt your <laughs> dreams, and you'll never look at Tom Hanks again. Listen, you'll go and watch the Mr. Rogers movie and just be filled with dread and fear because you saw the like uncanny post- version. Yeah, PTSD from Polar Express. Polar Express traumatic stress disorder, yeah. Exactly. All right, let us know. And now let's have a little Bible study. Bible study. I don't know if we're going to get another uh, Christmas episode in here, Tony, because uh, we're short on time. Because in two weeks, we've got to talk about Star Wars. And two weeks after that, it'll be the new year. So we'll see what we can do. But I thought we, we, should, we should sneak some Christmas passage scripture goodness in here and we opted to go with isaiah chapter 9 verses 2 through 7 sort of the prophetic end, the the front end of the christmas story as written down by the prophet isaiah sometime before the fall of israel in the fifth century bc sixth century i always get confused when talking yeah, he's about kind of- the BC timeline aside, he's the guy that he's your go-to for Christmas stuff. He I mean, he's like is. the Gene Roddenberry of Christmas scriptures. If Gene Roddenberry weren't a bleeding heart atheist, <laughs> well, who could be an atheist when they're reading inspirational verses like this, Scott? Exactly. And since you have the most inspirational voice, why don't you uh, read it for us, there, Tony? As Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> No. no, don't. <laughs> These people, they w- w- walk in darkness. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart's not even that good. Uh, all right, Isaiah chapter Mr. 9. Mr. Smith goes to Bethlehem. Two. Bethlehem. <laughs> Isaiah 9. Uh, we'll start in verse 2 and read through verse 7. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior and battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Amen. Amen. May the word of the Lord be praised. Uh... <laughs> 
How does this passage encourage you, Tony? Man, how does it not? I mean, you're talking about a people that were desperate for hope, desperate for some kind of encouragement. When you read this contextually, these they had no answer. We we can't help but look back at this and say, "Oh, it's Christmas time, praise him." But for those that were living in this time, for those that were Isaiah's contemporaries, any hope would have been something. And for him to be writing with such brazen authority that there's going to be a light coming, there's going to be a multiplication of joy and uh, rejoicing and harvest and uh, the yoke will be broken. Uh, man, think about the how many generations of people read and memorized and held onto this scripture as their only so, so, source of encouragement for not just historical events, but for their contemporary needs. I mean, that's just a wonderful, wonderful engagement of the scripture. Um, this was written in anticipation, and we can't understand that because we read it in reflection. But mm. uh, but for, for so many people, this was just real, real hope. And uh, that excites me, and it convicts me because I, I, I don't want to read it as just sort of a whimsical, like, oh, uh, a, a prologue or an overture to something that I take for granted. Uh, I want to read this as like, this is a real life promise. This is a real life uh, word from God that was answering a real life stress and a real life problem of his people. So um, I don't know, for me, it's so encouraging because God hears the cries of his people and God sees the needs of his people. And he devised a plan, man, from the foundations of the earth to bring joy and to bring restoration to them. And they had no idea that he's talking about the life of his own son. But uh, here we are. Yeah, it's interesting because we just finished a sermon series at church, just a short through series on Habakkuk. And I got to preach two out of three, which was a lot of fun. But Habakkuk is kind of a rough book. Because it starts out with Habakkuk's complaint saying, hey, look at all this injustice in Jerusalem. It's so horrible. Everyone's wicked and awful. And God says, hey, like, yeah, I'm going to do something. You won't believe it because it's going to get worse. I'm going to send the Babylonians. And so you thought it was (laughs) bad now, but like, guess what's coming? And so the whole book is just this great understanding that Habakkuk gets to a place of saying, like, you know, even though the fields don't bud and there's no sheep in the pen like i'll still just praise god and so it's this 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 admission that we are going to suffer things aren't going to be the way that we want them to and they might continue to be the way that we want them to like there's no promise that our suffering will end there's no promise that our questions will be answered there's no promise that this side of heaven will get everything that we want and everything will be okay that's not what we're promised and so just have spent three weeks looking at that and then to read you know, this encouragement from Isaiah, which, you know, might have been written during the time of the Northern Kingdom, but still points that picture of, you know, this people in exile walking in darkness. They've seen a great light, like their joy. And so it's this promise, it's this hope, but the people to whom it was written, like they never got to experience like the fulfillment of that. And so I think that's what's, I guess, encouraging. We were, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, just it's a challenging season right now at work, just busy and not feeling super great and... It's like, oh, yeah, like, there's still hope. Like, things are still okay. Like, God's still in control. Even needing to, I mean, I'm sure you've had it happen, is you're preaching that the the sermon that you're giving is basically the sermon that you need for your own life. And that's kind of the place oh, I yeah, was absolutely. at last, last weekend as I was preaching. And still, even just still feeling that way a little bit of like, ah, like, I don't, like, still feel totally great. But I know that ultimately we have this hope. And I think just even I was talking with, Clara, 
because we, we went and got some Christmas presents for Alicia and for Josiah, and she wanted to play with them. I'm like, well, no, Claire, we, we have to wait. We have to wait till we can open the presents. And then, you know, a little teaching opportunity. You know, we're pastors. We can never not take that opportunity when it's presented to us. <laughs> Always a or moment to show how smart we are. Or thrust ourselves into it. Like, and like, that's what kind of Christmas is all about, Clara. We remember the waiting that God's people did for the coming Messiah. And then we remember and we wait for Jesus' return. It just sort of stared at me blankly. She's like, shut up. She didn't say <laughs> shut up. But, you know, but it, it is that idea that there is that hope out there. And not that my life is falling apart by any means, but it's still just that that hope that we cling to, that, you know, that people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Like, I'm a person walking in a little bit of darkness, and I've seen a great light. And not kind of that expectant light, but that, oh, I know what the light is, and that light is present in my life right now. So I don't have to, I don't have to live in that deep darkness because the light has already dawned upon me. Like, I can live with increased mm. joy. I can rejoice because I know what has happened, and I know what's going to happen. And so I think that's what encourages yeah. me, just kind of even like you said, just not like the grand scheme of things, but just, you know, the, whole, the hope we can find on an everyday basis, not just yeah. waiting for a Savior, but for us kind of, oh, like, that Savior's already here. So I don't, yeah. I don't have to live with expectant hope. I, like, I can live with, like, the reality of hope because I know what that hope looks like. I know what that hope has done. And, you know, <clears throat> You talked about knowing what happened and knowing what will happen, but one of the coolest things in this verse, and we didn't read in verse one, but uh, it, it opens up and it specifically names, you know, the the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. It's almost like he's giving Jesus his home address here. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, there's no surprise. It's like, look, this is this is going to come out of you know, but but thou Bethlehem Ephrata, you know, like he's he's giving. Uh, all of these things to say, I'm not going to be surprised by any of this. There's not just a guy coming, but I know where he's coming from. I know who he is, and I know where he's going to. And if he knows that that many years in advance for a, a, a baby from Bethlehem, how how much more does he know what's going to go on in our lives? And yeah. uh, none of the things that we struggle through and suffer with are a surprise yeah, to God. Definitely. What, uh, what about this passage? And that's hope. Oh, that yeah. gives you yeah, hope. Totally. What about this passage challenges you, Tony? The challenge to me, and I mentioned it lightly before, is it becomes so commonplace that it just kind of becomes white noise. You know, it it just becomes like, uh, okay, we've seen this, we've heard this, we've read this. It's quoted in parts on the generic dollar store Christmas cards that you get for people that you don't necessarily think about other than just to give them a Christmas card. For unto us a child is born, dot, 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 Mm -hmm. the end. And it's just, you know... uh, I just hate the idea that this, which is literally the the hinge, the the turning point for the greatest news that's ever been spoken, the greatest demonstration of love that's ever been displayed, that it should ever just become commonplace and yeah, blah, blah, blah. We get it. We've heard it. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, sure, whatever. Yeah. And I think especially being, being in ministry, it's just like it ceases to... You know, instead of thinking about how great Christmas is, I'm thinking, okay, what do I have to do? Like, I have to plan this. Like, we're planning services. We're like, it's just all the planning that goes into it. And by the time Christmas yeah. Eve rolls around, I've thought about this service for a month. I've planned it. I've worried about what would go wrong. I'm upset about who's gonna be like, oh, why, 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 why was it like this? And it's just like all those things that I worry about. And then by the time it's like, I'm just so glad it's over. Which is, I guess, 
the feeling most people have with Christmas at some point when they're sick of the parties, they're sick of the shopping, they're sick of the sick of the sick of the wrapping presents, all that stuff. Like, oh, let's just let's just get it over, which is horrible because, like you said, it's you know it's the beginning of the hinge point of history that you know God saw us in our state walking darkly, stumbling around, and He sent His Son, He sent light to be with us and like we've been talking about like that's amazing on a cosmic universal scale but how great is that for you know the monday when you're listening to this or the tuesday when you wake up and you're like oh hey that's right like god loved me enough to send his son to be light in my life and am i walking in that light am i reflecting that light am i shining that light i think i think it raises a lot of questions that we probably don't even answer because we're so focused on christmas parties and christmas planning and all that stuff that ultimately doesn't really matter and one of the things that challenges me the most about this is that this is a Christmas verse, but it's not something that we apply to our lives the other 12, <laughs> you know, uh, 11 months of the year, which is not, you know, Jesus didn't say, okay, but only read this one in December. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a word in here for every season of our hopelessness. Uh, for uh, the moments when we feel lost and alone in the middle of the summer, this is still applicable. And these people, they were in oppression. They were in a captivity for hundreds and hundreds of years. I mean, this verse became a source of hope and encouragement for them for generations, not just when it was time to hang the tinsel and, and the you know string the popcorn and whatnot. And, and as I was reading this, the, the thought came into my mind. Do you remember the story from, um, I think it's Second Kings, when you have these lepers and they're sitting outside the city gates and they're starving to death and they're like, well, you know what, we're going to die anyway. So let's just go to the enemy's camp and maybe they'll let us in, but maybe they'll kill us too. So they go into the Aramean camp and um, everybody's starving. I mean, there's just this famine. Everybody in, in, the, in their hometown is just starving to begin with. And they come in there and they find that God has already kind of scattered the enemy. The camp is completely mm-hmm. abandoned. And they find food, and they find provisions, they find everything that they need. I, I just think, I can only think about, like, that scene in Jurassic Park when Tim and Lexi are in the visitor center, <laughs> and they're just gorging themselves on desserts. You know, they're just having, like, this moment where everything is just, ah, oh, and they go, you know what? We should share this with other people. We should go and tell the people that we in the city that we found all this food, and they do, and it's great for everybody. And I'm thinking about, like, what's good news to someone who's walking in darkness? To see a great light. You know, what's good news for someone who is oppressed and who is outcast and who is downtrodden and who knows want and knows pain and knows hurt? It's to see that multiplication and an increase of their joy. It's to see a great harvest. And uh, in verse 3, it says, uh, you have multiplied the nation. You've increased its joy. They've rejoiced before you as with joy at harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. And these lepers went back. I mean, they didn't have to tell anybody, you know, they could have just been like, screw those guys. They wouldn't let us in. So we're going to eat all this ourselves and they can starve to death. But with us, we're delivered from the darkness. We're overcome with joy. Our yoke has been broken. And, and now as believers, we not only get to be recipients of this joy, we not only get to be recipients of this hope, we get to be conduits of it. And that's the challenge, is not just finding enough hope for me to kind of trudge through my misery, but man, finding enough hope to fuel me to trudge to other people's miseries and let them know that they don't have to be in darkness anymore because a child has been born, a son has been given, and it's all on him. And we can really, really, really have hope forevermore. Yeah, one of the one of my coworkers, he was preaching, and he said, "We can either be conduits of grace or cul-de-sacs of grace." And so, what are we going to do? Yeah, that's good. Are we are we going to yeah, funnel good. that grace? We're going to funnel that light. We're going to funnel that hope. We're just going to let it, you know, just sit with us and not share it with the world around us. And so, in light of that, 
what do you want to share? What would you want to share with somebody from this passage? All our tens of listeners out there, Tony, what do you want to share with them about this? You know, whatever they're going through. And, and man, I got a story today. I'll, I don't want to share the details of it, but um, <clears throat> someone from my small group, um, their sister is, is a nanny to a family in, um, and, and they, they, this is, I mean, this is horrifying, but they went to, um, the, the family lives in Arizona and they were traveling yesterday and lost control of their car. Car went into a river and, um, like their little six year old kid that, that she used to nanny for, uh, was lost mm. in the river in the dark, you know, and then two of her cousins, I think too, uh, and, and, you know, they sent out the message, please pray. The mom was here in Florida, so the mom had to, like, find a flight back to go back <sighs> to where the family was. And uh, they end up finding the little girl and one of the cousins today. Um, you know, it's like it's a gut-wrenching, horrifying story. And you think these people now for the rest of their lives are going to think of Thanksgiving as this is the day I lost my six-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a, and if she was a twin. So one of the twins, mm-hmm. I guess, lived. The other one passed away. And that's horrifying. I mean, you just never know the terrain of someone's struggle and someone's hurt. You never know the depths of someone's hopelessness. But I do know this. No matter what it is, God's grace is exquisitely crafted to meet them right where they are. And I don't understand how that's possible. Because in this instance, I just I shut my eyes and shake my head and say how and why and and. Where were you, God? And I don't understand it, but he wrote this and he meant this, that in this season there is hope. And I don't understand it, but man, I've experienced it and I never want to forget it. And I I don't want to let other people forget it either. I just, I would, I would encourage you, if you're alone, if you're experiencing loss, even to the worst degree, God's arm is not somehow short. His memory is not somehow feeble where he's forgotten his promises and his presence, even though you may not feel it, is just as real or even more real now than it ever has been before. Turn your eyes and turn your hearts onto him and 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 see see what he can do with your brokenness. That that's that would be my encouragement. Yeah. And I think the hard part and what I liked about our series in Habakkuk is that we were pretty honest is that, you know, a lot of times in situations like this or just tragic, or not even, not even like tragic situations like that. You know, you're having a bad day. And in my sermon, I said, you know, like you're having a bad day. And so says like, it's okay. Like just God has a plan. And we just want to say like, well, yeah, right now God's plan sucks. Like I don't, yeah. I don't like it. Or someone's like, just keep a stiff upper lip. And you're like, well, I want to give you a fat lip because you're shut up. Like, you know, like we, we have like our pain. We have our suffering. We have these things that we go through and they're legitimate and they're honest in and we want the answer. We, we want God to show up. We want everything to work out how we want it to. And the reality is sometimes it's not going to. And that doesn't make God any less good. That doesn't mean God didn't show up. It just means that's the reality that we have to live with. And, you know, that family that you're talking yeah. about, I think about, you know, I've, got fr- I've, ha- I've had friends who've lost children. It's like there's no answer to that question. There's, there's no way. It's like, well, God's going to work through this. It's like, why didn't he work through somebody else? Why didn't he accomplish what he's going to accomplish in some other way if he's so omnipotent, which I totally understand he is. It's like, so we have those questions and there's no answer for that question. There's no answer for this family in the end. I mean, in the end there will be when, you know, we meet Jesus and everything's made right. And there was this great quote I had in my sermon 
um, from C.S. Lewis. He says, you know, people talk about how there's no way that, you know, God could make up for this. And C.S. Lewis like, but they don't understand that when Christ turned like his, his resolution of everything will be so complete that, that even our hurts will be turned to glory. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what we hope for. And so I just always yeah. want to encourage people like, you know, don't, don't settle for the simple answer. And, and we're not trying to give you a simple answer. Like, Oh, God has a plan. It's okay. It's like, yeah, God has a plan. We don't know what it is. And so time th- th- that just blows. We don't know what the mm-hmm. plan is. And we just have to sit here in our pain. We have to sit in our suffering. And, and like I said, many times in my sermon, like God doesn't promise us that we won't face suffering. He just promises that he'll be there with us in the midst of our suffering. And, yeah. and that's and, what, we, that's what we see in a manger in Bethlehem. That's what we see across on Golgotha, that God is with us in the midst of our pain. God is with us in the midst of our suffering. God is present with us. He's, he's not a light shining in our darkness. He's a light shining in the midst of our darkness as we walk through that darkness. And the Bible never promises or even puts on airs that it's going to, yeah. that it's not going to be that way. No. I mean, you read these these stories of people in the Bible, and they go through it, man, and they know loss, and they know pain, and even the Apostle Paul's like, look, man, I prayed that this would be taken from me, but so far it has not, but God's grace is sufficient, and there we are. Yeah, and even looking at, you know, people like to quote Jeremiah 29, 11, this is a great verse, if I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not bring you to harm, and that's couched in the reality that Judah has been carried into exile and God's saying like, I've got a plan to prosper you, but it's for you to be present. It's for you to be here in this place where I've placed, where I've set you. And my plan is to prosper you, but most of you are going to be dead because you're going to be here for 70 years. So just deal with it. Like live, live the life that I've called you to. And so we don't like that part of it, that God's, God's going to plan to prosper us. It might take 70 years and we might not get to see the fulfillment of that plan, but what can we do in the moment to be present and to bless those around us, which is what he calls his people to do in Babylon and gets us back to how can we bless those around us by, by being, you know, reflecting that light, being illuminous in shining that light that shines on us through, through Jesus Christ. It helps when we remember that we're not the main character in the story. Just helps to remember that the story is about him and not about us, that the happy ending is, is all of our happy endings, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily my happy ending. Yeah. That I don't have, my character's arc doesn't need to resolve. I just need to find myself in him. But I want my character's arc to resolve. (laughs) And I want to pick up the hammer and say Avengers Assemble. But that probably won't get to happen with me. I get it. Maybe. You never know. You never know. I think that's it for this episode of the Christian Nerd of Godcast. Because we've talked a lot about Christmas. We've talked a lot about Star Wars. We've talked a lot about Jesus. I think we've basically just done everything that we want to do on the internet, Tony. You know what? It's it's everything but uh everything but whimsical animated gifts. So if you would like to send us some of those, hang out with us across all the social medias. <laughs> Where can people find you online, Scott? Whimsical. I do like when Lee Smutty does that in between <laughs> bites of Cheetos. Uh, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott Heger at Christian underscore nerd. And you can just go to my website, thechristianerd.com, and all that stuff is there. What about you, Tony? You can hang out with all of your Nerd of Godcast friends across the social medias at Nerd of Godcast, or you can connect with me directly. I like to hang out on Twitter at uh, It's Me, Tony T. And you can join Tony's Facebook group for the Nerd of Godcast. Nerd of God Squad. Nerd of God Squad. If you enjoy memes, get in on that. 
Or you can join Scott's uh, Slack group, the Octagon, if you, if enjoy, you enjoy encouragement and conflict. And <laughs> prayer requests. Oh, we haven't had conflict for a while. Uh, Mandalorian discussion. We have a lot of that going on over there, which is I do like me some fun. Mandalorian. I know. We Mandalorian. Can't... Mandalorian is worth the price of Disney Plus in the same way that Picard will be worth the price of CBS All Access. Heck yes. That's right. All right. Hey, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for being here, thank Tony. Thank you. It's always the best. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Scott. Well, thank you for having me since you're putting this on your feed as well. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Here we are. Here on we each are on feed, our feed. We'll set up a date so we can watch the uh, It's a Wonderful Life together. And, and talk about it time. on our Star Wars episode. Or maybe just release or, it as a special patron exclusive. Go to patreon.com slash Christianerd, patreon.com slash Godcast, and support Tony's show financially. And Support can, Scott's show financially. You, we, you can do that if you want to. I'm just happy you listen. Tony's really just counting patrons. <laughs> yeah, I'm just listening. We we you know how exp- Lisa Marie eats a lot of Cheetos. That's all I'm saying, man. Those things aren't free. It's our Cheeto budget. We need more. That's what it is. All right. How do we, stop, how do we stop this thing? I think you say goodbye. I say goodbye, goodbye Tony. Tony. I say goodbye, Scott. Yeah, then, then I okay, say goodbye, right, Scott. We got it, we got it. I was about to say, uh, be a better nerd, but that's not how we do this. Or go home. We you, don't, you ain't got to go home, but you got to be a better nerd. Okay, so here we go. We're, we're good. Goodbye, Tony. Goodbye, Scott. Goodbye, Internet.